Shalom, Baruch of the Masechah, so the Dav Lamid Vov. Today's Dav discusses the Nisim that were performed. The day that we arrived in Eretz Yisrael, the day we crossed the Yardane, the Torah that the Goyim got from those rocks that we uh, inscribed as we entered, we discussed the division of the Shvatim compared to the stones on the Choyshe, and we learn about Yosef, Sheva Yosef being a Bovai and Hara. And his encounter with Ashes by Tifar. The Gemara begins by clarifying how Kleisor wrote the Torah on those stones. Of Yehuda says that they wrote it on the stones. The Pasuk says, It's called And then they plastered it with a lime, some sort of a cement. Rabbi Shimon said, According to you, how did that help the nations learn Torah? They couldn't read it. It was covered up with the cement. So Yehuda explains what happened was Hashem gave them a Bina Yaseira and they sent their scribes over to peel off that cement and they transported these stones home. That's why the Goyim are now responsible for knowing the Torah because they could have learned it and didn't. But Shimon says that they wrote the Torah on top of the cement. At the end of the daf, they wrote which teaches us that any Goy who is Choyzer Betshuva will be accepted. Ravo Barashila tells us what's Pshan Rabbi Shimon. When the Pesach says, Vayu Amim, Misarfus Sid, the Goyim will be punished, Sreifa will be burnt, based on this writing of the Torah in the Sid, in cement. Rabbi Yudha says it's like cement, just like the cement. The lime is only uh, fixed by means of Sreifa, by heat. So too the Kutim, the Goyim, their only way of being fixed, that their stakona, is through Sreifa, through Gehenim. Now, who's this Brysa? We do have a rest that says that Vashavisa Shiva includes the Kananim in Chutzlaret. If they do Shuva, they will be accepted. And that is Rabbi Shimon's statement. They were allowed to live, but we only had to obliterate those who remained in Eretz Kanan. The Gemara says, let's go through some of the miracles that happened the day that we entered Eretz Yisrael. First, we entered Eretz Yisrael, we crossed through the Yardin, which split. The, we came to Haragrizman Arevel, more than 60 mil away. What a journey for a, a massive encampment, an entire nation. No nation was able to stand before us. Anyone who did, they immediately lost control of their bowels. The Pesach says, and it says, Hashem is referring to the first time we came with Eretz Yisrael, but the second time is the second time we came back for Bayasheni, which shows us that really we were we should have been coming back with the same pacha that we went on the first time because of the avirs that we did in Bayasheni. We weren't zoicha to that entrance back in Bimei Ezra, maybe because we didn't all come back in. On that day, we then took the stones, we built Mizbechos, we covered them in Sid and wrote the Torah on them in 70 languages, Be'er Hetiv. We brought carbon oil, carbon oilis and shlomim, we ate, we drank, and we were happy, and then we went through the brachas and the klalis and our grizim and our evil. We gathered up those stones and brought them to Gilgal, because the Pasuk said, We had to take them with us, keep them in the hotel that we were staying at, not every hotel we went at, just that first one, I shared Tolinu Boyhalayla. The Pasuk says, Next, the Bryce tells us that there was this hornet that was protecting us, this 
flying creature. But it didn't come with us into the Aridei. The Pesach says, That this Torah did come before us. Shemalakish explains that either it stayed on its side of the Aridei outside and just spat its poison and blinded the eyes of the Goyim and sterilized them. Below, the Pesach says, Like oak trees. Rapapa explains differently that this that there were there were two types of tzroys of these hornets, one by Moshe, one by Yeshua. Moshe's hornet didn't come over and protect us, Yeshua's did. Now he said that six of the Shvatim went on to Hagrizim and six of them went on to Har Evil. But the Pasuk says that Hachets of the half went on to the mountain. What's the half? It should just say half. So if Khan explains. The Torah is teaching us that just like the Shvatim were divided on the stones of the Aphid, they were divided on this division in the two encampments going up Targizm and Harevel. Gemara asks, really? But look, let's look at the stones by the Aphid. There were two Avonim Toivois jewels that were placed on the Koyen Gadol's shoulders at the top of the Aphid, the breastplate. And the names of the twelve Shvatim were written on it. Six on each stone. The Pasuk says, Six on the other. The second stone had the Shvatim listed in their birth order, but the first did not. Yehuda came first in the first stone. There were 50 letters total. We'll see soon, not exactly. 25 on each stone. Ben Gamliel told us they weren't divided up the way they were divided up in Devorim rather in Shemois. The Bnei Leah were in order. The Bnei Rachel were on either side, divided with the Shvachites in the middle. Ah, what is, then what does the Pasuk Kitol mean in their birth order? It doesn't mean the order that they're written. It means the way they were born, but that they were written the names that their father gave them at birth, as opposed to the names that Moshe revamped their names. Moshe called Ruvein Ruveini, Shemon Shemoini, Don was... But Bekitzer, we're left with a Kashan of Kahano who said that the Pasuk of HaChetzov is teaching us that they were divided up the same way on Argusman Arevel that they were on the Khushan. Clearly, we see in this price that they weren't. So rather, HaChetzov teaches us that the half on Hargrizim were more numerous than the amount of people in the six Shvatim on Arevel because Levi was down below. Levi was supposed to be in Hargrizim. The Gemara says, oh, if Levi was supposed to be in Hargrizim, then why did they have more than Harevel? The Gemara says, yeah, you're right. Even without Levi there, Yosef was on Hargrizim, and Yosef was so big that there was still more than the other half, the other six Shabbatim on Harevel. The Pasuk says, They told Yeshua, why, why, why do we get you know, the same Nachla as everyone else? We have an Amra, we have so many children. So Yeshua told them, if you have an Amrav." And go to the forest. What was he telling them? He said, go hide yourself in, you know, under the trees in the forest so that you don't get an eye in horror. But the Bnei Yosef said, don't worry, we are the children of Yosef. We don't have eye in horror. The Pesach says, Ben Paras Yosef, Ben Paras Ali Ayin. And Bavo explains, it's not Ali Ayin, it's Oile Ayin. We are above Ayin Hara. Rabbi Yosef Baruch Hanina says that we know that Yosef does not have Ayin Hara because the Pesach of Yid Gul Rev Bekerav Aretz it said about Yosef, and just like fish live in the sea, 
covered by water, protected from an iron hara, so to Yosef is protected from the iron hara. And the Gemara goes back and says, oh, oh, remember by the ephod, you said that there were 50 letters total, 25 on each shoulder? It's not true. There's only 49 with the names of all the Shvatim. Sir Yitzchak explains that Yosef actually had an extra yud of Yosef. Yosef doesn't like that because you said it's Kiddoldoisam, their birth names. And he wasn't named that at birth. He was Yosef without a hey. Elamai, Binyomin can be spelled with two yuds. And that's how his father, Taka, called him of Karli Benyamin with two yuds. Rav Chano Bar Biznom Rav Shimin Chasida tells us that Yosef made such a Kiddush, Kiddush Shemayim. But his Kiddush Shemayim was privately, so he got one letter of hey added to his name. Yehuda, he made a public Kiddush Hashem with the story of Tamar. He got the entire name of Hashem, or Yud K in his name. Why was the Kiddush Hashem that Yosef made privately? The Pasuk says, It was on that day that he came to the house of Potiphar to do his Melacha. And Rabbi Yechonon says that he came to do his Melacha to do the Avera. There's a Machlech, as Rav and Shmuel, what means, either it means just to work to do his job in the house, or it means to do the Avera. When he came in, it says, the Pasuk says, No one was home. So why was such a big home of Paiti Farah with all his employees and family? Why would they not be home? So the Tanit Be'er Shmuel explains that that was actually a holiday for the, for the Mitzram over there. Everyone went to the base of Oidazara, but Aisha's Poitifar said that she was sick, and she said, maybe I can, I can grab Yosef today. The Pasuk says, She grabbed onto his baguette. At that point, Yosef saw the, the yuknoi, the image of his father, looking at him in the window. Some say it was his own reflection. He looked, he looked just like Yaakov. The, the reflection, Yaakov told him, Yosef, you and your brothers are going to be written in the aphoid. You're gonna be on. You're gonna be on, on that question. You're gonna get a stone. Do you want me to? Do you want your name to be erased from the question? They're gonna call you a roya zoynes. The pasuk says, "Varoya zoynes ya beidhoin." They lose their fortune immediately. Yosef, vateishev beiton kishtoi. He regained his strength. Rabbi Yechonon says that he calmed down. Vaya fuzu ziroye yadav. And Mark explains that he stuck his hands into the ground, and the Sheikh Vazera came out from between his fingernails, because he was warned by Abba Yaakov, by Yaakov Avinu, about the ephod, he was then Zoicha to overcome this challenge and be inscribed in the stones of the ephod. Mishim Eben Yisrael, the Pasuk says, he was then Zoicha to be a shepherd of Klai Yisrael, Roya Yisrael has, you know, Noye Katsoin, Yo, safe. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.